welcome to another episode of Failing Forward. As always, if you like this show, make sure to like it on social media, comment, subscribe, uh, tell your friends about it, do all that stuff. Joined here in studio by Trevor Wallace. Hey, guys. I guess uh, comedian, YouTuber, what do you describe yourself as? Yeah, kind of just a comedian across the board. Kind of like a millennial comedian, very 2019 comedian. Millennial comedian. Because as you know, the online presence is like, if you just do stand-up, that's not enough. You need the yeah. stand-up with the online. And it's like, so I kind of just put it under the category comedian. As long as you don't call me an influencer, I think I'm happy. Yeah, that's uh, that's when it's sad. Yeah, that's when it's disrespectful on multiple levels. Yeah, you know? when someone, but there are people who actively just want to be an influencer. Yeah, that's yeah. Their, like that's what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I want to talk about brands. Exactly. Those are the people that spend like a thousand dollars on a T-shirt, and you're like, oh, that seems like a solid investment. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> that shirt with one little box on it that says a word. Yeah, thousand dollars. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Well, you know, because that way it's a good investment. Because next year that shirt won't be worth anything. Exactly. And as we know, mm-hmm. that's the way to invest your money. That's buy how you thing. do it. Yeah. Buy high, sell low. That's what mm-hmm. they say, right? Yep. Okay, so you are one of the people who successfully came out of Vine, which there aren't too many. Yeah. A lot of the people who were big on Vine, kind of that's all they did. And it's right. very weird because these were people for like a year or two, they were famous. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out they had no other skills aside from six seconds at a time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I had some success on there. I wasn't like crazy, like millions of followers but i had a few videos do well and I, and I think my manager actually told me this he's like that was the best thing that ever happened he was not blowing up on vine because okay. you know i saw some success and i saw what videos could do if you do them right and the virality of things and then i was like hmm interesting but it didn't totally like you said blow my cover like now you have one million eyes on you and if you put something out that's not funny they're like ah that's it you suck you know? right but you had a base to build from. had a base yeah yeah so and when you moved over from vine to youtube i guess was mm-hmm. that the next step youtube and facebook i was always like facebook's gonna be big on video yeah and i always kind of thought that and then you know kind of if you go down your facebook timeline it essentially is it's all you know videos damn near so it's uh they started to monetize on there so and I love YouTube because it's just it's the OG, it's the you know the Godfather in this. But yeah. Facebook is kind of interesting, and the, it's easy for videos with the share button for videos to kind of you know do some traction. I think so. A- absolutely, and it's also the interesting thing about Facebook, like YouTube, and I got I've gotten into Facebook video in the last year, mm-hmm. and it has it's done a hell of a lot for ticket sales. Yeah, oh yeah. And the the difference is, is that YouTube is a search engine; people are actively looking for content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Facebook is a discovery engine. Facebook, they're going to wish their aunt a happy birthday. Exactly. And then they're just like, who's this? Exactly. <laughs> so, and that's why I love the share button because if yeah. you share it, you, you're saying like, hey, I put my stamp on this. I like it. And now your cousin in Oklahoma, uh, Steven's like, what? oh, what is this? Why did Steve share this? And then yeah. all of a sudden it's, yeah, it pops up in people's feeds, uh, which is random. But YouTube is great because if people see your name on a marquee or on the calendar, they're like, what's this guy about? And they type in Trevor Wallace stand up. Now that's right. where it is. So uh, that's what I like about Facebook. A lot of people discover you on there versus YouTube. You got to be in somebody's recommended or somebody's got to like send you a link in a sense. Yeah, I so. I just I just want to make it real clear. I have no cousins in Oklahoma. No, but aside from that, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's so it's interesting that how old were you when you were able to look at Facebook and go, this is they're gonna double down on video. This is gonna be big. I was like 22. When I first moved out, I, so I've been in L.A. for four years. I'm 26. When I was 22, um, that's when 
Vine was dead. I think Instagram was my Instagram was still in the fifteen second phase. Remember that yeah. for a quick second, I was like fifteen seconds, which was like bold. I guess they were, they were trying to compete with Vine, but be a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. They're like, let's double down and then add three, and then it's like, yeah. all right, well. So I remember that it was at that phase, and there was just kind of like this weird gray area where people were like either YouTube or Instagram, I guess, and then. I just saw a bunch of videos on Facebook and I was like, okay, this is this is where I should invest my stuff in. And And that was before they monetized. Before they monetized. That was when, you know, I was like getting like, you know, fifty views on videos on Facebook and I was like putting money behind them just to help get eyes out there because to get the ball rolling yeah. takes a while. So I was just posting on there and I made a goal for myself to post one video a week every Monday. Yeah. Um and then kinda just after let's see, maybe like a a year and some change, maybe two years, I finally had like one video kind of do well. And then I was like, oh, there it is. But what's yeah. great about that is I had a whole catalog of other videos I'd banked up. So when that one did well, all the other ones slowly started to rise too. A hundred percent. And first of all, it, it takes a lot of foresight to be able to say, okay, what is next? What's the next thing? Mm-hmm. I've told other comedians, oh, you got to put stuff on Facebook right now. Yeah, My yeah. stuff's been popping on it you know, I, I have numbers to back it up. And they've been like, eh, people don't seem to like Facebook. And I'm like, okay, it is not as popular as it was, but it has right. billions of users. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billions of users. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, they're like desperate to get a late night credit mm-hmm. where 50,000 people can watch them on television. Yeah. And then where do they post that clip? On YouTube and Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Exactly. And it is it is amazing. Here I am. I got into it later. And there are still people that I'm telling about it who don't. Yeah. understand it yeah, yeah so not only to have the foresight but to have the foresight at 22 i mean i know a lot of people who you know at 22 did not have a head on their shoulders let alone one capable of saying this is the thing for mm-hmm. my career and having a year of things not really working mm-hmm. you know to be to yeah. do that for a year there's so many people who are like well you know i posted this video and it didn't didn't yeah. really get anybody. It's like, oh, a video? A video, yeah. That's adorable. Yeah, you don't want your first video to get big, is that's my opinion. You know, yeah. because then the pressure's on the next one versus if you have a whole catalog of stuff, then people can binge your stuff and become a fan. It's like with music, if you find an artist with one song, you're like, cool, now I gotta wait till what's next. Or you find one song and you see they have three other discographies, you're like, Oh my god, yeah. I can just binge all this. Then they become a fan and they're more likely to like the next thing you put out. And all, like that, I, I found that when my, the first time I had something go really, really viral, mm-hmm. the video before it that I had posted was a special that I had funded. Oh, it was like, it, timing so was great. It, the timing was great, but I also had nine years of other stuff too. Exactly. But that I had my own special on there that I did to, to I, I wouldn't say no one. I still had 90,000 subscribers, mm-hmm. but I didn't have what I have today. Yeah. And so to, I, I 100% agree with you that having a body of work really helps. Do you remember there was there was this woman that went super viral. She was giggling in a gorilla mask. Yeah, it was that like video? OGs stuff like it, early it, on. It, yeah. This was this was a couple of years ago. I'd say probably three four years ago, mm-hmm. where she had like put she I guess she had bought some gorilla mask and she was just laughing her ass off. And it's kind of infectious. I see why it went viral. Mm-hmm. It was very very silly, but like that person that video probably got. 80 million views. Jeez. And, but it didn't change her life at all. Right. Because what happens? She does a couple of morning shows. Yeah. They ask her about the gorilla mask. And then that's it. It's not like she's created anything else. 
Right. And I'm not saying she's incapable of it, but yeah. when that thing goes, that's the only thing she has. Right, because if she does anything else, people in the comments are like, that's the Gorilla Mask girl. Yeah. So it's hard and, to get out of that. And she didn't create anything before that thing went right. viral. That was yeah. just, I mean, now look, she may not be an, uh, an aspiring creator, but, you know, didn't Right, they could have just happened out of the blue, and then you run with it. You know, I'm like, right. uh, what was that, what, Charlie bit my finger? Remember that on yeah. YouTube? Like, I mean, they're still getting royalties off that, and the kid was a kid. He didn't know any better, but now it's like, well, since he was a child, I don't know if it'll affect him as much because people yeah. won't be like, oh, that's Charlie from the bit my finger right, thing. Right, he probably won't be recognizable. Right, exactly, but, I mean, it's so weird how sometimes life just does that. It's just like, now that's the thing, and then you end up on Ellen, and then you're like, all right, back to my day job. He is he is going to try to use it to pick up girls in college, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's gonna, hey, you want to uh, see a video I was in? Yeah. Or like, oh, what's your number? Oops, what's on my YouTube screen? Yeah. <laughs> like, Why are you watching a kid? Oh, the kid that looks like me? Okay, yeah. that's that's definitely you. <laughs> that's funny you say that about uh, the video. Your first, So the video went viral, and then you had your special that came out. Yeah, so my spe- my special had come out like a month before the thing uh-huh. went viral. So that happened to me, and it's going to be funny for you because I did Laughs on Fox, which yes. was your show, right? Yes, you did. So I did that. I hosted the show. I thought I was going to get the tape. I was like, because when you're a new comic in town, you will take anything as a TV credit. Yes. Like, so I was so stoked to have my first TV credit. I hosted the show, and then they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll air it, we'll air it. And then I waited. One of my friends got on. I was like, okay. Yeah. Another one of my friends got on. I was like, okay. Then the other episode, and everybody on that episode aired, and I was like, hey, guys, where's mine? And they're like, ah, we didn't find a space for you. So they sent me all the footage. Yeah. I edited it myself, put it on my YouTube. But they they didn't think it was airable. Well, it just didn't. It, well, maybe they didn't have a time slot for it. I mean, this was, I was relatively new to stand-up, so I'm This was probably, season three, right? Yeah. Yeah, so season three, I was a consulting producer for, mm-hmm. but I had no hand in who was on. Oh. or Yeah. But, but I I still know how it worked. Yeah, yeah. And so what happens sometimes, so you were 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So Fox loved finding young comics. Mm-hmm. That was like they had such a hard on for young comics. Yeah. And But then what would happen is if you're only just starting out as a stand-up, you don't have the clear voice yet. Right. And so I'd bet anything that if you look at the material you did in that set oh, yeah. versus what you do now – it's probably a relief. And that's what I'm saying. That it was like a pro for me because one, it didn't air when I was like too green. Yeah. But they sent me all the footage and I edited it myself, kinda of said four camera angles. Yeah. I posted it, and then the next video I posted was the one that first took off. Now my stand we got a bunch of views and I was yeah. like, Oh shit, you know, so that was awesome. But like you said, I was probably would definitely too early to be, you know, throwing that on national television. So yeah. that was one of those things where it was like, I got a good tape, I got to edit it, I got a bunch of views on it. And then, and you get to edit it how you want it, exactly, which protects you from yeah. someone else. And I don't do any of those jokes anymore. So yeah, uh, it, it was like a, it was like the show falling yeah. forward. It was you falling forward. So it was like uh, it was funny to because it's so like yes, I got a TV credit, and then it didn't happen. And then you don't air. But now it's like full circle sitting here with you. So it's like you know it's well the first so the first season, uh, the first season was the one that I was uh, executive producer and host of. Mm-hmm. And the way it would work is, you know, we'd go to a city, we would film uh, usually 16 comics. Sometimes we would film two shows, so we'd do 32 comics. And maybe 25 of them would get on. You know, yeah. or if we do 16, maybe 12 of them would get mm-hmm. on. And that sucks for the people who don't get on. Mm-hmm. 
but it's part of the process. Oh, now, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of it was every now and then there was one like there would be someone where because before we would tape, we would always tell them the rules, which is like aside from watch your language, it is broadcast television. But there's also like, you know, you can't sing. You can't sing on it because oh, we don't have the rights copyright. to the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or I mean, you could sing your own song, but you know, we don't have the rights to a song. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a bit about like, and we would tell people this all ahead of time, you know, even clothing, it would be like you can't wear something with a logo you don't own. Mm -hmm. There were all these rules, and we would tell people, and sometimes comics would just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like, well, that's great, but now you're not going to be on television. Yeah, what exactly. Was the, Fuck the man. Okay. He did but, well for this crowd, but what about the crowd on TV? Yeah, yeah exactly, which we'll never see it. Exactly. And, you know, and of course there are situations, and I talked about this in another episode, you know, some of the stuff that I've been cut from. I did a show, one story I didn't tell was I did a show uh, for Showtime called uh, White Boys in the Hood. Hmm. The worst, it was a good idea <laughs> for a show. Yeah. The idea was, I think Jason Andors came up with it, and the idea was, to show that comedy can transcend racial boundaries. Gotcha. And it's white comics playing to a predominantly black crowd and showing that like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And what a great idea. Except what ended up happening is they TVized it and they just tried to make white comics pander, really? which was awful. Now there were some comics who had genuinely good sets, but there were yeah. some comics who came out being like, yo, 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 what's up? I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh God, yeah, This yeah, is yeah. so embarrassing. Uh -huh. So I just did a regular set, and uh, you know, meanwhile, half the crowd wasn't even black because it was like a hundred degree day, and so a lot of people didn't show up, mm -hmm. and they just went outside and gave people free tickets. Mm -hmm. So the premise of the show wasn't even right anymore. Gotcha. And then uh, the producer of it was a real piece of shit, mm. and started bouncing checks on people. Yes. And Showtime pulls the show um, about halfway through. So half of us never aired. Okay. Yeah, and I got one check and it bounced. Like they, I was owed two checks because they mm. were gonna like pay half up front and then half later. Yeah. I got the half up front. It bounced and then I never got anything else. Jeez. So I flew to New York, taped a set that never aired, and I never even got a copy of it. Oh wow. And like yeah, so sometimes sometimes that shit happens. But mm -hmm. when I look back at it, it's like what you were saying. When I look at the material I was doing then, I'm like, I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the stuff I was doing in this was like, I was I sent a tape and uh, I got the call back from the producer. I don't, it wasn't you, yeah. But they're like, yeah, we we love your energy. You know, we love to have you host. And I was like, oh, what? Because yeah. I think I just sent it on a limb. Like, yeah, well. So they had you shot. guest host an episode, or they had you host a live showcase. Host a live showcase. Yeah, not like what Taylor used to do. Oh, okay. But like, yeah. Like so I was like, the announcer came on. He's like, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah. But they're like, just treat it like a normal set. So. Yeah, they had you host a live showcase. Was this Hillary or Mike? I think Hillary. That's Hillary? Yeah. Okay. That's surprising because hosting is the toughest spot on the show. Oh, yeah. Absolutely hosting is the toughest spot yeah. on the show. So she's like, okay, comic who's been in it for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. We're going to throw you to the wolves and see how that goes. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, I like that whole throw you in the deep end, learn to swim type Absolutely. feel. But, I mean, in my whatever 22, 23-year-old brand, I was like, yeah, just 10 minutes off the gate. Boom, yeah, I, I got could, you. I could do that. But, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, 
you know, I, I, I think I have it on private on my YouTube that just because it's like it's all material and I don't want people yeah. like being like, oh, we should go check out the stand up this week. And I see that. So they um, they they definitely great, put you they definitely put you in a tougher spot, though. Like mm -hmm. they didn't give you the cushion that most people have. Like when I was running it, the hosts were not filming mm -hmm. like the host's job was just to host so that the people we were filming right. could do as well as possible. Yeah, I host I hosted a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And it was just to take that bullet and, you know, make the situation as good as possible mm -hmm. for the comics who were doing it. Right. But one of the things that I like about you is that you are someone who a lot of people get this, uh, you know, this notoriety online mm -hmm. and conquer the digital space in one way or another and then get all big headed about it. And, you know, but one of the things I like about you is that. As a stand-up, you are doing exactly what you would do if you had no following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing the same thing where you go, I'm going to take my lumps, I'm going to work on my craft, I'm going to get as good as I can be as a comic mm -hmm. so that you know, so that you can pursue that art form. You're not leaning on the digital success. Yeah, no, I, I get like anxiety if I don't get on stage like yeah. multiple times a week just because I know it's like it's such a tough muscle to keep. Uh, strong, so it's like if, if you go a couple of days without it, and then you get a big show. You're like, oh, I felt a little, you know, feel a little out of it, you know, and all that stuff. And also, I just want to create a better name for people who are. I'm not leading. I'm not creating a path. I mean, like Chris D'Elia did this stuff. You know, yeah. it's been around. I mean, you've done the stuff. I just want to keep it going and be like, oh, he's not a piece of shit. That way, when the next kid who also has a similar situation, they're not like, man, he's just selling out an improv. Oh, like someone who, yeah, someone who popped online. Yeah. So, but the the difference is. You know, I was a comedian for a decade mm -hmm. um, before I had any sort of online success right. and, and, you know, almost 15 years before, you know, things popped. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is you're showing that it's possible to pop first mm -hmm. and actually give a shit about stand up as an art form. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I don't I don't try to gatekeep many things. You know, I'm a little gatekeepy when it comes to like I'm a New Yorker, so pizza and bagels for sure. There you go. You know, when when some city in the Midwest says, "Oh no, we make great pizza," I'm just, okay, sure. Right, right. But I'm very gatekeepy when it comes to comedy. Mm -hmm. When it comes to stand up, I hate when people throw the word comedian around. I hate when people, some politician gives a funny speech and they're like, "Oh, look at this comedian." I'm like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> they had a couple of writers and they got a few laughs. Yeah. And it was mainly because people didn't expect them to get any. Mm -hmm. Um. So when when they're digital people who describe themselves as comedians and it's like, OK, well, where do you perform? Oh, you know, I uh, I performed at this uh, this show where just a bunch of YouTube stars once. And I'm like, once once yeah. and I'm like, you're not a comedian. You yeah. did a little bit of stand up one time. Did a Q&A. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so to watch you actually go out there and grind, I think, is inspiring to people who, you know, like you said, you know, people who want people to understand that, like, just because you're successful digitally doesn't mean that you're some lazy piece of shit. Right, exactly. It, like, you could still grind on it. And I want to mm -hmm. talk to you, speaking of digital, I want to talk to you about what happened with White Claw Oof. and the the lawyers that got involved. And what a great time to throw a break. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that when we come. <laughs> Here with Trevor Wallace, and uh, I, I teased the White Claw story. So mm -hmm. tell me, tell me what happened. So 
Yeah, it, it was it was a whole. So I made this video about the, the, this drink, the White Claw, the you know Spike Seltzer, which kind of I saw a lot of my friends starting to drink early. Oh, well, like early spring of last, well this year. Yeah. And I kind of like everybody was starting to drink them, and I was like, what are these things? And kind of like where I find best on uh, where you can really do viral numbers is if you're the first on a trend and you just you start the wave, or, yes. you, or if you get in right before it pops. So I saw everybody drinking it, but I didn't see anybody making jokes about it yet, and that's when I was like, okay, let me just create kind of like this character based on who would drink these. And I made it at my friend's apartment. I was uh, in between apartments, so I was living at my parents' house. I filmed it at my friend's house. Yeah, I made it on like an hour and a half, not expecting it to do the numbers it did. Uh, it ends up taking off. It it currently has like 25 million views on Facebook, which there it is, yeah. Facebook again. And not just taking off, but starting a trend. Starting a trend. so many people have done White Claw parodies since yeah, then. Yeah, I mean, every girl's Instagram caption for a solid two months was from that video. And yeah. so it takes off, and then I'm like, okay, I've messed this up before. How do I capitalize on this? I go, merch, right? Yes. So first of all, they reached out and they're like, we should talk about a potential partnership or a brand deal. So Smart. White Claw reached out to you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, rightfully so. You know, yeah. I was like, you know, as everybody's talking about, everybody's writing in their comments about the video or whatever. And this was going into Fourth of July weekend. They're like, hey, we have a, we're, we're all gonna be out of office. Let's set up a call on Wednesday. All right. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there like, oh, well, this video is hitting now. Like, I need, I need me. Like, I'm if I can do the work myself, I'm gonna do it just because right. I want to just which can bite you in the ass like it does <laughs> so i yeah. go out i get a design made i get the design altered a little bit from their logo their mm -hmm. logo and then i put a quote around it instead of their title i put my quote from the video around it altered their waves as a logo put it on t-shirt release it monday morning what's their quote and what was yours so their quote it just says white claws just it just talks about the seltzer or whatever yeah and then a quote from the video which the internet just loved yeah. it was ain't no laws when you're drinking claws yeah simple rhyme you know yeah i kind of just threw it out there the internet loved that quote uh and that's like the one you'll see on every girl's like instagram ever yeah so i put that over their logo instead of their name uh and then put that out monday morning and then by monday night i had sold like seven thousand t-shirts wow yeah so how did you how are you even doing the fulfillment on that? Were so this you, was through a third party through, through Teespring or something. Uh, it was it was like a it was like all I had to do was push people to a site and then yeah, they and then take they, a profit yeah. and they ship all the stuff out, which was great. Because, what a great time we live in. Oh, because yeah. If this had been I mean, aside from the fact that you couldn't have the viral video, but if you know, if you were doing yeah. merch years ago and just sitting there in your garage stuffing envelopes. Oh, my God. And, yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, th that company called me. They said that was the most t-shirt sales in a day they've ever had right wow so i'm on top of the world i'm ordering a 45 dollar uber eats dinner because i'm yeah. like oh i am balling <laughs> that's like, how you celebrate oh my god it was <laughs> i mean it was reckless i was i mean i don't even know how you spend 45 dollars on one meal i you just know? i just love the idea that you probably profited like 70 grand on the shirts because mm -hmm. they're i mean the margin's got to be somewhere around 10 bucks a shirt or yeah, something yeah yeah and then you spent $45 to celebrate. Oh, yeah. I was like just sitting at my desk watching the sales come in. I was like, put it on the company card, which is yeah. just my debit card. Nobody right. was in the room when I yelled that out. Yeah. Um, and then I am I go to bed rich, at least for me. Yeah. I mean, that much money to a 26-year-old, there's no difference between that and the lotto, you know? Absolutely. So I, I, I go to bed, and I wake up, and their company is in, uh, I think, New York. So they- 
they got wind of this when it was like, you know, 3 a.m. my time, 6 a.m. their time. Yeah. And then my phone, I wake up, is blowing up, right, from their team and my team and just being like, hey, we got to, you know, the legal teams after this. And it's pretty much, a lot of people thought it was a parody thing. They're like, oh, you could fight it because parody law. Absolutely. I Like, that was my first instinct. That's why I asked you what the phrase was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's satire and mm-hmm. that is protected. But here's what they got me. They said it promotes reckless drinking, which. But that doesn't wait. So the the quote so the they said from a far enough distance you know it did the wave still looked close enough to their logo that it looked like their brand was promoting that quote in a sense like so you know somebody sued Starbucks because they're like oh my cup didn't say it was hot yeah it's the same sense where if somebody was like I got a DUI but this company said there's no laws when I drink these things I'm invincible because I mean everybody so they were more scared to protect their own brand which. Yeah. So was it a cease and desist, yeah. or did they? It was a cease and desist, but they said if you and what? What did they demand the money from the shirts? So that's where they kind of pinpointed me. They saw that. So how the website worked is they bank up as many orders as you can in a certain yeah. amount of days. I set it for like a three day campaign. They were like, "Look, the campaign. You haven't shipped any shirts out yet. The campaign ends in like eighteen hours. So you delete this now. We're good, right? Or if this hits a market." Any one shirt touches sales, then our legal team, you know, deal with them. So that's where I'm in the position where, like, okay, it's not parity law. And, and I mean, alcohol, that's they're so careful with uh, protecting their own name and the brand. And, and that's why every yeah. can in the world says, please drink responsibly, this and that. So they sent, they hit me with the claws and like, and all the, uh, you know, the, 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 the alcohol and tobacco rules and all that stuff. And, uh, went back and forth with like both teams and talked to like legal and they're like, it's just kind of not worth it. But yeah. So the weird part is, is I talked about, they wanted to do a brand deal still. So I delete this. Sh- I take the shirts down. Not everybody gets refunded. The shirts never were printed out. The okay. website just refunded everybody. And I was like, okay, I played ball. Hopefully they play ball. Yeah. Like let's talk brand deals. Right. Then Wednesday, they're just like, yeah, we don't think it's really a good look for you uh, and us to work together anymore. So yeah. Wow. So that's where oh. I was like, oh, you guys aren't a nice company. Got you. Yeah. Because they were more scared that it'd be like an awkward look that since they made me re- return all the shirts, but then still do a brand deal, which. But you could. Yeah. That's not awkward for anybody. It's very easy to just be like, yeah, we came to terms and yeah. everybody is getting along and. Oh, that so kind of corporate bullying is such garbage. Yeah. So in, in the span of, you know, maybe 48 hours or a little bit more, it was like I went from selling shirts being to having a chunk of money I never thought I'd see in a day to returning the shirts to hoping for a deal, then to them saying like, yeah, we, we, we don't really want to work with you right now. So that's it was the weirdest three days of my life. That's such a roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. And the idea that like, oh, just it just bothers me that they because anyone can sue anybody for anything. Right, anything. But and even though you probably would have won if you fought that. Yeah. But it would have cost you more than you made on the shirts. Yeah, they probably would have. I mean, they're a big company. They're owned by Mike's Hard Lemonade, so they probably would have just drowned me out in, like, legal fees and all that stuff. And, like, at the yeah. end of the day, I'm a comedian. I don't know what I'm, like, I, I just want to focus on my craft and not being in and out of court cases and courtrooms and this and that. And so that kind of just, on Wednesday, after that call, I was just like, all right, well, uh, 
were not associated with them at all. Yeah. So let's figure something else out. Then the following week after I put out a statement like, hey, sorry if you ordered a shirt, this is what happened. Two of their biggest competitors reached out and were like, hey, we saw what happened. That's awesome. So that's where the whole, you know, failing forward thing is the yeah. biggest thing here because they're like, hey, we don't want to work with you. But our top two competitors both reached out and like, hey, saw what happened. That's pretty fucked up. What if we did this for you? What if we did that for you? That's great. So it led to uh, a, a great opportunity. And, um, you know, it, it's but in the time being, Wednesday when I got that call, I was just just have you ever just been so you just felt numb? I just I didn't know whether to be mad, happy, sad. What It was just nothing just yeah. numb and uh, it was the weirdest feeling and then the next week uh, i had two offers that were amazing offers and uh ended up taking one of those and you know that's great what is it so i uh, natty light reached out and uh they came out with a seltzer as well so yeah i did a, a partnership thing with them and and uh when they released the their seltzer it was like the face of it and then uh there, there's a video uh that they're waiting to uh uh see if there's something I can do with them for that. So there's a video idea to create something or but a commercial or something would be awesome. But, um, yeah, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be sick. That's so great. Like, and that's, and good for them for the heads mm -hmm. up marketing on that. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a golden opportunity. It's like, I got kicked to the curb and they're like, well, we'll take you in. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll bring you on in. So that is, well, I mean, look, I was never going to drink White Claw anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't even drink, but, mm -hmm. Now, yeah, absolutely not. Especially yeah. not. How dare <laughs> right, they? Right, right. How dare they? Yeah. So it's crazy because, like, um, you know, people don't. Not everybody knows that side of the story. So yeah. people will still come up to me when they just see me. And they're just like, "Dude, White Claw guy." And I was like, "Ah." You're like, "But I hate this." Yeah. And the worst is people have come to my shows because once my my design got ripped all over the internet. So people yeah. just third parties were making that shirt without getting sued. So the worst thing is people are coming to my shows wearing the shirt that I got oh, a cease no. and desist over. Oh. They think they're supporting me. Yeah. And they're like, look at our shirts. And I'm like, ah. Oh. There was a, there was a company. Um, so the, the, the people who follow me very closely might know this story. But uh, so comedian, do you know Madison Sinclair? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. so she's a friend of mine mm -hmm. and when I announced my tour two years ago which was my first like really really big tour um, she decided oh let me see if I can support this and you know support my friend and so she like googled to see if there was merch and she found a shirt that said uh, Steve Hofstetter is why I drink and she's like oh that's funny you know okay he made a self deprecating shirt so she gets this shirt and she now I did not make that shirt mm -hmm. um, but she gets this shirt and she sends me a picture of it, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. you made this? Mm -hmm. What kind of a what kind of a shitty thing is? Mm -hmm. Like, I thought she was like trolling me. Mm -hmm. And she's like, "No, I was trying to support your tour. This is one of the shirt." And I was like, "I have no idea what the shirt is." And I looked into it, and I found there was this company that had like fifteen prefabricated designs, and they were uh, and just on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And for they any sort of comedian with any sort of following at all. They had these template designs made as if they were pre-made shirts, and you could just buy one from their store, and then they would just make them one at a time. Mm -hmm. And so they had them for probably a thousand of us. Jeez. And yeah, all unlicensed, all them keeping the revenue. Yeah, 
all and they were a Canadian company and so the laws made it it, it was a little difficult because you're dealing with international law now and so I reached out with like this you know basically a a cease and desist email not an official you know legal letter but like stop this or we're going to court kind of thing mm -hmm. and they pulled mine but they left all the rest so then I messaged probably a hundred different comedians I knew like ranging same, from yeah. like kind of famous to like celebrity level that I would just hit up on Twitter and be like look at these assholes etc and so I ended up making my own shirt that said Madison Sinclair is why I'm sober just to <laughs> yeah. you know kind of say hey fuck you back but <laughs> the idea of th there are people who make their living off of this shit off of stealing from yeah. us and I've talked a lot about stealing IP on the podcast before but even something stealing IP and then making a physical product of it is shit too mm -hmm. so I would just encourage anybody who you know you want to support someone that's awesome just licensed please licensed merch yeah and just make sure it's theirs yeah yeah and these people don't think that they're like offending me they don't yeah. because I don't know the background story like I found it online I figured it was yours I was like really you, right yeah a random website you think I just yeah no it wasn't yeah, on my I website I found yeah. this Chinese website I <laughs> yeah, thought it was exactly. yours exactly yeah, yeah yeah they sold this in chainsaws but I figured that seems like trouble, yeah I so. thought you just got a brand deal with this uh, with this Chinese website yeah so yeah it's and it's also because we don't seem to have any problem with knockoffs when it comes to like sports or concerts or things like that. Yeah, that's true. Because people think it, it's it's weird that there's a certain time where you go, ah, this person's making enough money, I don't mind. Mm -hmm. Like you know, oh, I don't mind getting an unlicensed shirt from the Yankees because they've made enough money. I don't mind getting unlicensed. I don't mind stealing cable. Yeah. Because fuck Comcast. Like right, there right. there are a lot of people Nash who have that. Yeah. But when does it go from mom and pop business to someone you're willing to steal from? Because mm -hmm. that's basically what people are doing when yeah, they do Yeah, I mean, that. The, the, those shirts, like, those companies made thousands. Because what they did, and, and, and you'll understand this, but, like, social media marketing is at a point where it's so advanced where they were targeting my followers with that shirt. Yeah. So it's like anybody who's ever watched my videos or follows me, uh, they were targeting against that, which is mm -hmm. insane. Brilliant but, and evil. Brilliant and evil, but and then all these people are sending me messages like, "Hey, why did I get this on my newsfeed?" And I'm just like, "There's literally it was too much stuff to even chase down." Like I sent a few messages like, "Hey guys, like could you not?" But at, at a certain point, I was just like, "I just want to disassociate myself from this." Yeah, there's know, at a certain point you could post a message, and then there's nothing else you can do. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I did, and you know whether they get sued or not, or cease and desist or anything, I, I don't think. I mean, it's so many people to chase down, and yeah. So I mean, it, it was crazy that just you know. But just, good, good for Natty for being smart enough to reach out. Yeah, dude, great. They're, they're, they, they get it. They're I just, like, I just love. So you went from the high of a successful video, mm -hmm. coupled with making like seventy grand, mm -hmm. and it sucks. You already spent forty five of it. You can't 45. get that money back. Yeah, you can never get that money. I back. I can't hit up Uber Eats and be like, guys, we need to exactly. refund this ginger I, lemonade. I think, I think White Claw really should have paid for for that Uber Eats meal. At bare minimum, bare minimum, Just or like, like a look. voucher. Right, we'll cover we'll cover twenty bucks of it. You know, yeah. You you would you would have twenty five on you and it, yeah. exactly. Um, you did eat the meal, so and then waking up that you know that next day with probably a little terrifying. Oh yeah, I, I you know in like cartoons when they like try to grab something their phone scrambles. Yeah, that's what I did. I was literally like, dude, who the <laughs> I, I didn't even know who to call first. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. 
And because yeah. you also don't know, like, am I going to get in trouble for this? Am I not just going to not make this money, but am I going to lose everything yeah, I have? Exactly. I was like, I, I don't, I didn't expect this. I just put out a shirt. What do you mean? Because right. I, am no. I going to jail? You yeah. Know, you, your mind just goes everywhere. Oh yeah. To to them being like, hey, you know, we'll settle this and we'll still hire you. So then you go up again, mm-hmm. and then them basically ghosting you on that. Yeah. So then you go down again, oh, and then yeah. Natty reaches out. This is what over the span of a week. Yeah. Wow. And I had, you know, what's funny is I had shows in town every night. I was just doing spots, and like Monday night I did a set when I was like on top of the world, and I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, like comedy, this is great. That was yeah. so good. And I did a set Tuesday, and I was like, you guys ever lost a hundred thousand dollars in a day? <laughs> And it's like it's such an unrelatable thing for an audience. And then I was like, "Yeah, moving on." Yeah. So like <laughs> each, yeah. So my set each night was so different, but it's like tailored to it. But I mean that I learned so much from this, and yeah. um, I guess I didn't understand the the power that I had behind like the the social following. I was like, "Oh, it's just a T-shirt," which yeah. led me to so many different points that I'd never see. But I mean, like that really showed me the business side and how things happen in the corporate world and whether and, and when you make entertainment your full-time job like yeah you gotta you gotta run some things past people every once in a while have you done uh have you done merch since Mm-mm. no so not now i really i want to do it right and roll it out and um figure out what that next piece of merch is because it was cool to know that that many people would even support me so yeah. now i don't want to have a random i want to have like a full website with multiple designs and this and that so that's kind of the next step is, you know, merch. And I mean, merch is a, is a great uh, revenue. And uh, I think if it's something you actually care about and it looks good, like yeah. something to be proud of. And um, and it's not only great revenue, but it's also it's someone taking the time to say, because every time they put that shirt on, yeah, they're connecting with you mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, because I've done some other merch. And like when people come to my shows and like a shirt of mine, like it's a feeling like no other. I'm like, it's oh, the, my God, it's the coolest like, that thing. is like. And, and I'll like see it, like either in the crowd or afterwards, to taking a picture. I'll like walk out. And I'm like, oh, that dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's got that. Sh-. Yeah, so it's really cool and just how uh, people want to support you in a sense, you know. So that's I, really I, it is. I love it so much. And it was something that like before I really had shirts. Every now and then, someone would come to the show and like they would make something, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I love the effort behind that. But mm-hmm. to see, because I have shirts for my Patreon. Yeah, and I have shirts. Um, like I do a scholarship in memory of my dad, mm-hmm. and I have those shirts. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, and I talk about them from stage, and like I look out and I'll be like, "There's one, and there's one, and there's yep. one." Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's the it's the greatest thing. And some people make fun of like, "Oh, you're the person who's wearing the shirt of the band to the concert." It's like, yeah, and it means a lot to us. Yeah, like, no, I it, yeah, the, what it does for the performer is like insane like meant like how good it feels to see that is like crazy to me. absolutely and i don't know what it would do if you're like the rolling stones or aerosmith but like if right. you're you know if you're on the level of selling a couple hundred tickets to a show and some of those yeah. people are wearing shirts it means a lot i mean even like i went to arizona and i sold some shirts at the show and then i did yeah. arizona again and like not only were they returning customer to the show but they also had the shirt they were wearing the first time like that like yeah you know they were just as pumped to put that shirt on before they left like oh cool i get to wear this shirt when i go oh absolutely so i love it I yeah that's it's awesome and um, i know we got a wrap but I, I would tell a quick story of the of just failing backward mm-hmm. um there was a comedian who you know things didn't go too well for him uh you know he was doing well at one point probably in like the late 90s during you know the first comedy boom and then uh he ends up getting divorced 
loses most of what he has. He he, has, he picks up a job uh, waiting tables at I think a TGI Fridays, mm-hmm. and so he's waiting tables and he gets to go to take someone's order, and the guy just looks at him and goes, "What happened to you?" And he looks Jeez. down and the guy is wearing his shirt. Wow. There's someone who bought his shirt, you know, six, seven years earlier at a Jesus. show. And like, I don't know if I could ever come back from that. No. Like that's a that's a really tough one. That is like, brutal. Yeah, but uh he's not the nicest guy, so it's a very funny story. So uh, that yeah, I'll, said, <laughs> I'll ask for the name off the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I was debating. I was like, can I say this on the air? I don't yeah, know if I can say this yeah. on the air. Just tell me which TGI Fridays, and I might know. Yeah, exactly. Just, we'll just Google it. Um, so, Trevor, tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, TrevorWallsComedy.com for upcoming tour dates. Um, that you know, I got a bunch of one-nighters coming up. A bunch of New York, a bunch of East Coast stuff. Phoenix in November, uh, Boston in December. And then some cool stuff coming in early 2020 or, or just on my Instagram. I post everything at Trevor Wallace. Excellent. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that stuff. <laughs>